good to see you. It's actually quite a lot of people here for sometimes um, over the summer. People are away and different things. There's quite a few people here. It's good to have you here. Um, new faces, old faces. Max has got an old face, but he, no, he hasn't got an old face. I just known him for a while. Um, it's, my name's Andy, if you don't know me. Um, it's good to be here and to get into God's word together. Um, <clears throat> Dan did a great job of reading that story earlier, so I'm not really sure what else more we can learn from, from this period of time. But I, no, I hope, I hope we can. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to try and make this fairly interactive. So please be prepared to interact with me and with one another. That would be, be wonderful. <clears throat> and really my aim uh, this morning is twofold. Firstly, that I desire uh, that you would love Jesus more by the end of our time together. That's the first thing I really desire for you. Love the Lord more. And secondly, that you would want to obey him what he wants you to do. Simple as that. That's my aim this morning with you guys. Um, if you normally take notes and want to do that because you think the Lord is, is speaking to you in something, great. There's also some pens and paper on the table if there's a couple of specific things that you feel like you, you need to respond um, or write down for your, for your own purposes, then that's there as well. So as you probably know, over the summer, we're looking at a few of the parables that, that Jesus told. And today we're looking at the parable of the two sons. So if you could get your Bibles open, it's found in Matthew 21, and it's verses 28 to 32. Um, and we're going to read that a little bit later. So have your Bibles open, Matthew 21. <coughs> Firstly, I wanted just to consider and think about why Jesus taught in, in parables. He teaches a lot in parables, doesn't he? Um, the latter part of Jesus' ministry was more parables than sermons. There's, there's loads of them. Um, and I just wonder why was that, or whether you'd thought about why, why was that. And it seems that there is a turning point um, in Jesus' teaching around about Matthew 12, so Matthew 12, Jesus' disciples broke the Sabbath. By, they were hungry. They were going through the, the fields, and they were picking the heads of corn, and it was on the Sabbath. Um, so they broke the Sabbath by picking these heads of corn, broke the Sabbath. Uh, Jesus also broke the Sabbath in people's eyes by healing a man with a withered hand, and he also was healing people. He healed a, a mute and a demon-possessed man. And now, the Sabbath had been taken by the Pharisees and the, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and made to be so difficult to follow the rules, as I'm sure you know, that it became very onerous. But of course, that was not, that was not the Lord's intention at all for the Sabbath. Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It had become, to these people, a mechanism for them to enforce their own power and heighten their own pride. But as they accused Jesus of driving out demons and healing by the power of Satan, they committed an unpardonable sin of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, of attributing the Holy Spirit's work to Satan. Jesus doesn't take kindly to that at all. Um, he speaks in the strongest of terms against them in that. They, what they were doing was choosing to give credit to Satan rather than 
to the Holy Spirit of God empowering Jesus. So after this time, it seems that Jesus preaches far more in parables than than, um, kind of straight sermons. Um, John MacArthur summarizes that Jesus' parables always make a, a comparison to divine truth. So there's a comparison to divine truth. They always have a clear and decisive point, and they include believable, relatable illustrations. So they could all be true. So it helps people understand uh, and they can relate to them. And of course, it wasn't just um, rhetoric or, or speaking skills that, that brought crowds to Jesus either. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He has, he has authority to teach. Um, Jesus told his disciples this divine authority was manifest. Uh, he, he, told his, he told his disciples that. And this divine authority was manifest both in his miracles and in his teaching. Of course, we know from the Gospels that Jesus often delivered doctrine to the multitudes through direct sermons. But he also concealed spiritual truths within simple stories known as the parables. And as I've been preparing for this, I just started to think about these sort of nuggets of spiritual truth, like a little gift. Like There's loads of parables, isn't there? Uh, and I just wouldn't want us to think of them as familiar tales, just familiar stories, or just something for children, or that there isn't much in there for me. And I, I suppose I wanted to consider them, really, as like a, a little gift each time that in these parables there is something special there for us, particularly if we belong to him already. Um, something sweet and delicious to the soul. In, in Jesus' parables, there's a precious spiritual truth to unwrap in each of them, like a little gift which will be more special if you can understand it and hold it dear. I was actually reminded, and, I, and you, you might not relate to this, I don't know, but I was actually reminded of, you know, chocolates, how they're in a milk tray or something like that. They might be described something like this, chewy caramel enrobed in sea salt, or milk chocolate with a drizzle of milk chocolate. <laughs> You'd like one of those, Kenny? Well, that's good. Nathan, can you dish the chocolates out? Thank you. He has, he has actually got some. So it just, just as a little reminder, there's going to be a chocolate for you. I'm sorry, Judy. I know you don't like chocolate. Plus, if you've got nut allergies, feel free to pass it by. But um, there is a chocolate in here for you. Please help yourselves. Eat it now. Go for it. And it's interactive, so I'm hoping you give some to me as well. Uh, the, Listen to this, a heavenly combination of hazelnut praline and gooey caramel encased in a smooth milk chocolate swirl. There's something about that description that thinks, oh, that's interesting, I wonder what's in there. There's more to it maybe than than meets the eye. There's something inside it, there's something more to it. And do you know what, some of these chocolates, some of them you don't like, do do you? You know, you might not like all of them. So for me, it's things like the liqueur chocolates, or even, I like coffee, but I don't like coffee chocolates. So there might, there might be some of Jesus' parables that you think, actually, that's, that seems fairly unpalatable initially. But there is some great truth in there. Please, as you eat now, consider all of the parables that Jesus has for you. Consider them as a gift, just a little gift to help you remember that the parables are like a, na- a nugget of tasty truth to nourish your soul. I'm not sure these will nourish your soul, but... Um, thought I'd share those with you. Um, 
And so I pray that you will have ears to hear today, that you will not harden your hearts, the important spiritual truth that the Lord has for you. Please be open. I appeal to you to be open to what he might be saying. And just in our worship time, I don't know about you, but I sense, and Dan, was when we were praying in the room earlier, we were talking about, and we were praying about being grateful for the grace that has been shown to us. So, you know, believe the Lord is here to work in us by, by his spirit. Be open to him. When asked by his disciples why he taught in parables, Jesus made it clear. He says this, Matthew 13. He says, to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him shall more be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see, and while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. Many Pharisees, religious leaders, and Jewish listeners struggled to grasp the meaning of Christ's parables, but not because they were intended to be confusing. Virgin says the fault was not in the light, but in their bleared eyes. Nothing wrong with the truth that Jesus is pronouncing. It's something about how it is received. How the parables were received or rejected and understood or missed revealed who had eyes to see and ears to hear. In the case of the Pharisees, the extent of their spiritual blindness and disbelief was on full display. So I want to encourage you to get ready to receive more from the Lord today. A lot of you here, I'd say most of you, are already in the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful? We should praise him for that. You have been given much. There's continuous grace coming towards you. So would you receive from him today? To you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been granted For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. Let's pray together. Father, I pray today, right now, that my brothers and sisters will be open to receiving from you spiritual truth that will be a light to their path, that they will be changed and increasingly grow in likeness of Jesus. I pray that their love for Jesus would grow and be fanned into flame today. I pray that obedience would come about and that where you want people to change and to walk more closely with you, that would happen even today. Ask for your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. So I urge you to switch on your ears, not because what I have to say is important, but because I'm an ambassador for Christ and he's making his appeal. Us, be reconciled to him. I'm actually going to ask somebody who would like to read the passage for us. Anybody want to do it? Somebody go for it. Who's there? Thank you, Nikki. Um, it's Matthew 21 and it is uh, 28 to 32. Yeah, an interesting choice, Nikki. <laughs> no, there were some people going, yeah, maybe I
Amen. Thank you. Just before this passage, so directly before Jesus' authority is being questioned by the chief priests and elders of the people, they refused to acknowledge that the ministry of John the Baptist was from God. So Jesus doesn't tell them where his authority is from either. And then he tells them this parable. So the first question I have for you is this, and I'd like you perhaps to discuss, if there's someone sitting next to you or discussing your tables, um, and, then, and then feedback. Um, the question is, what does this tell us about the nature of God? Have a look at it. Think, what, what, what about the nature of God does this tell us? Would you have um, a couple of minutes discussion, and then I'll ask for a couple of uh, minutes of feedback.
Okay, I'm going to start asking for some, some feedback. All right. Um, is it, should we just, I'll just go around. Anybody from this table want to shout out what, um, what does it tell us about the nature of God? Patient by this table over here. He wants us to obey him and your patience. He understands everything we do. Okay, so our motivation. What about this table? So he's he's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth and searching, looking. Great. Thank you. What about this table here? There is a responsibility that we have to respond to the call. Amen. Thank you. That table there. It's harder as we go across the room. <laughs> I know that. So I don't know who wants the hardest um, thing. It's going to be last. Let's go here. What about this table? Absolutely, and a very apt point in Commonwealth Week. Well played. That was good. <laughs> it's how we finish, not just about how we start. Great. Uh, you guys have got the hardest thing. I'm coming back to you last, so I'm going over here. That's fine. That's fine. I'm out. Thank you. What about this table over here?
Nice, thank you. That's, that's really good. I hope you're encouraged um, by hearing one another's reflections. Thank you. Um, this, is, this is what, um, in the Matthew Henry commentary, it says this. It says, see what kind of father, what kind of fa- sorry, I'll start again. See what a kind father God is. He resents not the affront of our refusals, as justly he might. He that told his father to his face that he would not do as he bid him deserved to be turned out of doors and disinherited. But our God waits to be gracious. And notwithstanding our former follies, if we repent and mend, will favorably accept us. Blessed be God. We are under a covenant that leaves room for such a repentance. How lovely. I wonder if a few of us would like to pray now and thank the Lord for this gift of repentance and grace and some of the things that you've been talking about. A few of us would like to pray for that, please. Amen. So these two sons, what do you think? Which of the two sons did his father wanted? The kids were more forthcoming. No, it's the first one. We know that. We can see that. Jesus uses the parable, which the chief priests do understand to a degree, so that they would judge themselves out of their own, out of their own mouths. They were able to say which of the two sons did as his father wanted. One proved more than he promised, and the other promised more than he proved. The first said no, then changed his mind and went. The second said, yes, sir. Notice how reverentially he was, he was addressing his father, but he didn't show up. 
Uh, Jesus is going to apply the deep spiritual meaning of this parable. But before we come to that, there's also a side point that um, I want to acknowledge, and it's to do with character. Um, sorry, Sam, would you mind just sticking that first, first one on? Uh, the, the first slide then is, and, and then feel free to get back to tending children. Um, so this, some character questions. So I think these are important questions, but there's also going to be some very important questions that come after this. Okay, so this is, I think this is a side, a side point and not Jesus' main point, but I do think there's some good stuff here that we can consider. Questions for you. So I'm just going to give a few moments of silence for you to consider this, just to reflect. You don't have to confide this in anybody, but just to have some self-examination now. Am I a person of my word? Do people know they can rely on me? Do I promise much but deliver little? I'm not going to name them, but there's some people in this room that I absolutely know uh, I can rely on. I know that if they say something, I can can trust that they're going to come through on that. Do people say that about you? Am I a person of my word? Do people know that they can rely on me? Do I promise much but deliver little? And the reason why I felt like the Lord wanted me to ask those questions is that he is, he is concerned about our character. Jesus, being totally a, per, a person of his word, he did exactly what he said he would do, totally reliable and absolutely on his promises and he wants us to become he wants us to become like him doesn't he so in our characters he's concerned about your characters but this isn't the main point um, of what Jesus is getting at he's actually talking and some of us have already mentioned it he's actually talking about evidence and proof Sam if we could have the, the next slide please but um, the, these are the very important questions. Evidence of salvation. Ultimately, my actions speak louder than my words. That sounds like it could be a cliche, doesn't it? But that's where the, the proof is in the pudding. That, that it's, you know, not just about what you say, but it's what you do. I think I might have heard on the table over here, Kenny, were you mentioning about James, about doing a, being a, a doer of the word, not just a hearer, actually got to obey we've actually got to do what the lord is asking us to do does my life prove that i love jesus what area of my life is he calling me to greater obedience if you want to take these uh, questions down or if you want to write down something that the lord is just pricking in your your conscience then then please do, just as I read these verses, write some of these things down. They're just for you. You don't have to share them with anybody else. Jesus, some words from Jesus, from John 14. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. We can't do it on our own. We need the helper, the spirit of truth. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father i too will love them and show myself to them wonderful promises anyone who loves me says jesus 
will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Don't you want to be that person? That, they, <laughs> that the Father and Jesus come to you and make, make their home with you. Write down, write down those thoughts that you, you might have. Saying and doing are two different things. Linked to this parable is, is the cursing of the, the fig tree. Jesus' judgment on Israel's leaders can be seen starkly in the shriveling up of that tree. Shows all the promise of fruit with its foliage, foliage, etc., but no actual fruit. All that there was was leaves. Maybe just another question to chat about on your tables. Do you think that should unsettle us? Have a a little chat about that on tables. Do you think that should unsettle us?
right, I'm just going to, not going to go around every table, but just going to ask for some feedback. What do you think? Should that should that unsettle us? Let's just have a anybody who wants to volunteer. I'm not going to go around all the tables, but anybody who wants to volunteer? Anything from your discussions? Elijah. else want to I also want to confess that you know the the potential look it looks like there could be fruit in my life. So I just confess I've already confessed to the elders and my GC that um, I got a speeding ticket recently. Everything in me wanted to justify myself. Like that section of forty mile an hour road, it wasn't it was a thirty. Looks like a forty mile an hour. There's other sections of that forty forty that are. It wasn't even a speed camera. It was a policeman trying to catch me out. It was a manned equipment. Every, every part of me wanted to justify, wanted to justify myself, to try and excuse myself. The fact was I was breaking the law by a fair margin. I was going 40 in a 30. So I'm confessing that to you. But also, worse than that, it's my, my just wanting to justify myself. Um, but you know, the Lord is gracious and he's at work amongst us, I think, now. And um, I'm just going to invite Nikki. Nikki just said she wanted to say something as well.
But, you know, this is... I'm not suggesting that we have a, a regular slot for this on Sundays. <laughs> but there's something real about this, isn't there, where we, we should be confessing our sins and, and growing together. So, um, thank you, Nikki. Encouraging. You would know. You are a prolific fruit and veg grower, aren't you? Brilliant. Well, let me just pray for us. Father, would you, we invite you to produce fruit in our lives, fruit of your Holy Spirit that we are willing.